Hello and a very warm welcome to you. Thank you for joining us today for worship in the parish of Karsukur and Gosaina on this fourth Sunday in Lent. And of course today is Mother and Sunday, so happy Mother's Day. If you joined us recently, you know that we have a theme running through this season of Lent right up until Easter, looking at the I Am sayings of Jesus. We continue with our theme today with I Am the Door. The service today is being led by some of our lay worship leaders from the parish. I'm Phil. Gwyneth will be doing the reading for us. Anna will be reflecting on the reading and help us understand in some more detail what the reading is all about. Sheila will be reading one of her poems and Karen will be singing. We do hope you enjoy the service and that you have a blessing from the time you spend with us. Now let's worship. You were the word at the beginning, one with God the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is. Powerful name it is the name. 
reading from St John's Gospel, chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. But when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will never follow a stranger, but will run away from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this parable, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Then Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, there is none like you. 
as you're listening to this this morning there is a door quite close to you you'll be familiar with its function and probably take for granted that it'll do the job it's designed to do doors come in a variety of shapes and sizes with all manner of locking mechanisms but its essential and primary purpose is to provide security by controlling access to the doorway it acts as a barrier to keep us safe from the elements or people who want to harm us we hope that we are safe when we close our doors and even safer when we lock them. We might decide for the most part who goes in and who goes out, but we also put our trust in that door that while we sleep, it will protect us. Doors appear metaphorically in life too. One closes, another opens. We might show someone it or keep the wolf from it. Misfortune knocks at it and for some reason we close them after a horse leaves. Doors are important because they represent danger, opportunity, finality, new beginnings. They represent the choices that we make, our free will. In life, we may face many different doors or choices. Some of these may lead to a better life or future, while others can lead to failure, defeat or even death. It's a lot of responsibility to lay on our own shoulders. But doors themselves are fallible. Even the best will sometimes let us down. Could you just take a moment to imagine my kitchen? It's a pretty ordinary kitchen with a back door and a laminate floor. Unfortunately, the back door has a faulty vent, which means that when it rains heavily, water pours in and I have to catch it with towels and all manner of receptacles. As a result, while waiting for a new one to be fitted, water has seeped under the flooring and that needs replacing too. That important job of a door to save us from the elements has failed. And as if that wasn't bad enough, in a previous home, patio doors did not stop an overnight burglary from happening, in which I lost, amongst other things, a video camera containing irreplaceable footage of my daughters as babies and toddlers. At least, though, on that occasion, we remained soundly asleep in our bed. There are lots of doors in the Bible. I suppose mostly we think of knocking on them and seeing them open, allowing us to come and go freely. God opens doors that no one can shut and shuts doors that no one can open. He's in complete control. He will open the doors of opportunity as he sees fit and close doors that he doesn't want us going through when there are things that we need to leave behind, things we need to shut out or new directions we need to take. But in John 10, we learn of another door altogether with another purpose altogether. 
the Pharisees were trying to decide for themselves who could have access to God when Jesus declares, I am the door of the sheep. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He makes it clear that the door here represents Jesus as the only way to be in a relationship with God. He goes on to say, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And this is what I've been pondering lately. The enormity of this tiny little sentence and what it means to me. So we have doors and we have sheep. Of all domesticated animals, sheep are the most helpless. Where I live, fields and fields of them surround me and having observed them on many occasions, I can categorically say that all they do is wander from place to place grazing. They don't look up often. And if they do spot me looking at them, off they go one by one, moving across the field as far away from me as they can get. If you take the scenic route to Penavan, you'll be very aware of the possibility they'll wander out into the road and or dash across if they're feeling really sprightly. They have little or no awareness of the dangers. Anyone who spends time in the great outdoors on a regular basis may well have rescued one or two of them from a hedge now and again. Sheep basically live a bit of a hazardous existence and as a result, they often become lost. They are not designed to find their way to their own sheepfold, even when it is clearly visible and right in front of them. They are totally dependent on their shepherd. Back in the first century, shepherds in Israel and the rest of the Middle East needed to get their sheep safely enclosed at night. Out in the hills, lone shepherds herded the flocks they cared for into pens created from rocks, hemmed in so they could sleep soundly. Unlike me, standing at the edge of the field though, the sheep would know their shepherd. They knew their shepherd's voice, and no matter how many flocks they may have mingled with during the day, the shepherd's call will bring them back to a safe place where they could rest, or at night, to the security of a sheepfold once more. But sheepfolds didn't have doors or gates, so the shepherd would lay down to rest in the open into the sheepfold. They made themselves the door, a bodily defence defense against attack from wild animals, and a barrier to any sheep wanting to get out. Then they would sleep there, literally becoming the door to the sheep. Like a sheep pen, there is only one way in, the sheep could only come in and go out through their door. Ezekiel had prophesied the coming of a saviour who will pro provide protection and safety and we glimpse that image of a shepherd used again and again to describe Jesus. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the Sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Sovereign Lord. However, in this third of the I am statements, Jesus describes himself as the door, not a door, the door. So not only is he our shepherd who leads us into the sheepfold, but he is the only door we can go through which offers us salvation and eternal life. I am the door. I am the one through whom my sheep enter into blessing and I am their guard and guide. Jesus makes it clear that anyone else who offers salvation other than the teachings of Christ is a thief and a robber. There is no other way but through him. He goes on to say, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Reflecting David's song, he leads me beside the still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So Jesus is that door. Just as the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, he lays himself down in the gap between us and danger, us and the elements, us and the enemy. 
he stays awake all night keeping guard, watching over us so we can rest safely under his protection. As Christians, Jesus is both our shepherd and the door to the sheepfold. But there is still more. In life today, we may waste time looking for ways to plug that gap ourselves, trying to fit our own doors. I know I have. But when we do this, we forget the purpose of Jesus, the gift of Jesus. Before the first lockdown, I spent Saturday nights once a month in and around Wine Street in the city centre. Not in the way you would perhaps imagine, but as a qualified street pastor. My job is to be the hands and feet of Jesus on the street. It's a really fulfilling role, backed up by a team of people praying throughout the night as we do our job. If we encounter trouble, we help and they pray. It strikes me, though, how many similarities there are between what we see out there and the words of Ezekiel and John. If you stand at either end of Wine Street on a Friday or Saturday night, you could easily mistake the crowd for a large flock of sheep, or on a really good night, several large flocks of sheep. There's a steady hum of revellers. Quite a few will be wandering and some will be lost, separated from friends and oblivious to any impending danger. We often deal with the fallout, literally, of too much drink. Youngsters and occasionally oldsters with heads bowed down in their hands over bins, bottles, grass verges, more than a little worse for wear and not having the evening that they imagined. This is when they become prey to opportunists, there for that very reason, ready to snatch your phone, take your money or your identity or much, much worse. We see lone young women picked out by men who are waiting to help them get a taxi, for instance. We have to be vigilant and intercede very quickly. These men aren't what they appear to be at first to anyone who is vulnerable. But in the midst of all that, Jesus is there in spirit and they have only to look up and hear his voice. There are also a lot of doors on Wine Street and nearly all of them lead to a promise of the answer you may be seeking for. But like the thieves and robbers, it's a false promise. Unlike the doormen who have a difficult job to do at the entrance to the pubs and clubs, there's no turning away with Jesus because you're a little worse for wear or your face doesn't fit or you're not wearing the right outfit or you don't have the entrance fee. Your name is on the list if you're asking Jesus into your life. If you are turning to him, he's welcoming you and offering salvation. What you're looking for is right there in front of you. Remember, he isn't the doorman, he's the door. And in the end, that door leads to eternal life if we only look up and listen for that call. Without Jesus, there would be no defence. There would be no way to keep out the enemy. There would be no way to discern who or what to let into the fold when or when it was safe to go back out. That's why he had to come to be the door. And we, like sheep gone astray, have to hear the right voice, the voice of our shepherd. When we hear him call, we need to move towards the voice. When we are lost, we just need to come back to it. He will guide us and cover us and protect us and give us peace if we just put our trust in him. Back in my kitchen, try to imagine Jesus standing in that doorway. Who else would do that day and night, braving the storms, battling the danger, never ceasing or tiring? Jesus has got me. I can't be my back door. That's not my role in life. I can't protect, protect myself by being the protection. We can't be the door for anyone else either. We can love them, support them, help them, listen to them, but we can't be the door. What we are called to do is to show them that Jesus alone is the door. Nothing great comes from straying. 
By straying, we open ourselves up to the elements and the dangers. We lose control and we don't know where to go. God doesn't want us to wander aimlessly. He wants us to accept his guidance and his resting place. Jesus is the door from whom we find pasture and life in all its fullness. We will experience difficulty in life. There will be storms to battle and the enemy will look to get in. We will sometimes wander, but we will never be lost. All of these painful experiences have a purpose in building us to follow God. We are called to step out knowing our shepherd is by our side. And when those difficulties come, it's comforting to know that God has promised to protect his people and that when we make God our refuge, we have security in him. We wouldn't move into a house without doors, so let's choose to put him at the entrance to our lives and give him control over who goes in and out. He wants to keep the rain out, he wants to protect, and he wants to give us eternal hope. Amen. stand in front of my very own door. Only I know what lies behind, the kind of room it is guarding, or the secrets hidden inside. My Father has a place in heaven, prepared with me in mind. He knows the door that leads me home is cross-shaped in design. 
Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many, many rooms. One of those is just for me, furnished exactly as I choose. He knows my tastes and what I need. He wants for me the best. Now I've accepted him as Lord, do I just sit back and rest? Jesus said he is the door to life, the only way. He has the power to open or shut, to invite in or turn away. A door on earth is many things, imposing, strong and sound, an entrance or an exit to a place on solid ground. Heaven's door shields joy and peace where evil has no place, where sorrow's a thing forgotten. Of tears you'll find no trace. The doors on earth are different. Open the wrong one at your leisure. Who knows what danger lurks behind the one you think of as pleasure? Imagine a street of different doors, of numerous shades and size. Some may offer blessings, of course, but others the devil in disguise. We wouldn't choose the door to failure, the one to despair and regret, or pick the one that spells danger, or the one that beckons death. We'd pick the one of protection, the one with the most solid frame, the one that looks strong and mighty, the one with the power to defend. Jesus told the Pharisees that he was the door of the sheep, that he would lie down at the entrance so they would be safe from the thief. We are his sheep if we love him, acknowledge him unjustly abused. He was willingly tortured and beaten, so our place in heaven is secured. We, like those sheep, know his voice, hear his warning whispers throughout life. As we encounter uncertain choice, we might open the lock that spells strife. He only wants good for his children. Like sheep, do we ignore his advice? Now that door that leads to salvation is Jesus, our Saviour and Christ. When our journey on earth is ended, we are faced with a defining choice. He said he was the door, not a door, and the only way to life. At the end of life's tunnel, Jesus waits, a life-giving door, waiting to welcome us to God's kingdom with our loved ones who've gone before. I can see the door in my mind's eye. I can feel the wonder behind. I can taste the freedom of no more tears. But have I left my key behind? Amen.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together today, the time to worship and glorify your name, and the time to remember that even in the darkest of moments, you are always with us, right there by our side. Lord, thank you for all your love and goodness towards us, and help us to live our lives, sharing your love with others in everything we do. Lord Jesus, you have said that you are the door. Give us the courage to walk through it, following you and be in your hands and feet as we do your works to further your kingdom here on earth. Father, we pray today for the world, a broken world in so many ways, and a world that is crying out for help in every corner. Father, we pray for all those suffering from illness, oppression, those who are hungry and thirsty, and those living in war zones. Particularly today, Lord, we pray for those suffering from COVID-19 across the whole world, their families who are suffering with them, and the doctors, nurses and carers who provide help for them. Give them your love, your healing and your comfort, Father. Give them courage and strength and please bring an end to this terrible disease. We thank you, Lord, for the vaccine and all those working so hard to administer it across this country. And we pray so earnestly, Lord, that all those who need it across the whole world will also receive it. Lord God, we pray also for countries in conflict, particularly today for the people of Yemen who seem to be in such turmoil, Father. Bring peace and understanding to all those who influence what goes on there. Soften hearts 
and bring an end to this suffering. We pray for all world leaders who are making difficult decisions that affect our daily lives. Give them courage, Lord, to lead with humility and love. Remembering that they hold the lives of your people in their hands. Bring peace and harmony to this world, Lord. And as we come out of this world crisis, help us all to look forward to new beginnings with love for our neighbours across the world. Father, we pray for all communities today, for the lonely, for those who are fearful for the future, for families struggling to make ends meet, for the homeless, and for those who are crying out for help, but not heard. Give us ears to hear, Lord, and help us find a way to help those in need. Give us the courage to step out in faith and do your work. Father, on this Mother and Sunday, we pray that you will bless all mothers wherever they are and help us to honour them and remember them and to remember the sacrifices they have made in their lives to make our lives what they are today. Lord, we also remember all those for whom Mother and Sunday bring sadness for whatever reason and pray that you will comfort them in their time of need. Thank you, Lord, for Adrian Alvica and all those who work with him and support him in his ministry here in his parish. Bless the work they do, Lord, in your name and help the family of this church to grow to be a beacon of light for you, Father. We pray, Lord, that as the number of COVID cases reduce and restrictions on our lives are lifted, that we will soon be able to open churches again and be able to join together to worship you. Father, we look forward to that time. But until then, we pray that you will be with us all. Protect us and keep us safe in your ever-loving arms. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Fill us with love and joy. Open our hearts and minds and let us be your light in this world. Heavenly Father, please hear our prayers, for we ask them in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.
Thank you so very much for being with us for this time of worship. It's really lovely that you've been able to join us. Can I just remind you that if you need any support during this coming week, whatever it is, large or small, or if you even just want to chat, please, please be in touch. And we'll do our utmost to try and help you in any way we can. And now shall we pray as we go our separate ways that the Lord will be with us in this coming week and throughout the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen.